thank you for joining us for Bible study one more time. We are grateful for keeping up with our ministry and we encourage you to please share the word. Tell somebody about what God is doing in Zion Hill. Today we're going to be studying the book of Zephaniah. It's a very small book with only three chapters. But in that three chapters, there's a lot of powerful, powerful revelation. So our goal is to study all the books of the Bible. We started out in Genesis and we go Exodus. We keep on going. Now we're in the book of Zephaniah. What do we need to know about this prophet? Uh, First of all, the book is named after the prophet. His real name, of course, is Zephaniah. And of course, he prophesied during the reign of King Josiah. Zephaniah was so effective that when the king Josiah heard his prophecy, he literally was touched and he changed his way. He began to make reforms in the country of Judah. I can stop there and share with you and mean that it's not enough for us just to be hearing the gospel. It is very important to change, to react to take action concerning what we've been hearing. This king desire heard about the scene of Judah and all the wrongdoing that is taking place. And as king, he was touched, he was convicted, and he repented. And he started to make changes in his country. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time that you heard the gospel being preached to you, or that you read the Bible and it touches your heart and it causes you to change the way you're doing things. The Bible says we should not be hearers alone, but doers of God's word. There are many things that I consider very outstanding concerning the book of Zephaniah. That was the first one that he preached the gospel, the king heard the gospel, the king repented and made changes in his life and in his country. Wouldn't it be awesome if you and me, when we hear the gospel, that we allow the gospel to penetrate our hearts and we repent of whatever wrongdoing we're doing and we change our ways to the Lord. Another thing I want to tell you up front about uh, Prophet Savaniah is that he will hear from God and he will write what he heard. He will write it down. I'm talking about the principle of journaling. You need to keep a personal journal of the miracles and blessings that you're receiving from God. You know, one day, we're all going to leave this planet. 
be it by death or by rapture. But this is not our home. We're just passing through. But wouldn't it be nice that you memorialize, that you write down things that has happened in your life, that you want your children, your grandchildren to read and know about the power of God in your life. I don't know about you, but man, if I have to just write down, which I do, I must confess, when I write down all the miracles, all the deliverance, all the healings, all the signs and wonders that I have experienced from the hand of God, there's no way for my children and my children's children to read about it and not be convicted. I just want to encourage you to memorialize the miracles in your life. You know, it's so easy to forget. Thank God for the power of journal. Thank God for the power of writing. Thank God for the power of pen and pencil, pen and paper. Just take a note. When God did something powerful in your life, don't forget to, to memorialize it. So that when we are dead and gone, somebody is going to read it. Somebody is going to. Maybe they're just trying to clean the house and wow, they say, whoa, did you know this about grandpa? Did you know this about grandma? Did you know, know this about my mama or my daddy? So I encourage you, memorialize what God is doing in your life. The book of Seven Eyes can, can be summarized this way. It basically talks about the nature of of Almighty God. You know, we serve God, we hear about Him, we try to, to worship Him and do things to please Him, but you need to know His nature. And two things that we need to know, according to Zephaniah, is that God is a God of justice and also is a God of mercy. What am I talking about? My friends, you need to know when we messed up, when you and I screw up, God will enforce justice. I don't know about you. There are many times I've messed up, but oh, oh did he let me know. Don't get me wrong. That don't mean he will not forgive you. No. You get forgiven, especially when you repent. But guess what? There is consequence for sin. I can write a book about that. <laughs> so, so please don't be fooled. Uh, you can't do wrong and just say, oh, let's just forget it. I see some of that going on in Washington right now. There's all kinds of debates. They say, some many people say, let's just move on. Let's forget what happened in the past, but it don't work that way. There are consequences for sin. In fact, one of the messages from the book of Zephaniah is that if you continue to sin and you don't change, sin will eventually destroy you. I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care how talented, how gifted you are. If you just continue in perpetual sin, 
and you don't have a change of heart, you don't repent, you have no remorse, there's no change in your life. At some point, that same sin will destroy you. I know the danger of living in sin. I'm not going to lie to you. But I also know the joy of repenting and being forgiven and starting a new course in life. So I want to encourage you. I may not know all the details about your life. I may not know what happens in your secret closet. But the one thing I do know is that you know yourself. You know what you're doing right. You also know what you're doing wrong. And what you're doing wrong is what the Bible often describes as sin. And you just heard a man of God say, sin without repentance will eventually destroy you. So I want to encourage you. Whatever are the sins in your life, let me encourage you to repent of it. Let me encourage you to get help. Let me encourage you today to turn your heart towards God. God is a God of justice, but guess what else? God is a God of mercy. I have never met anybody who genuinely are sorry for what they did who genuinely ask God to forgive them, and God turn them away. I am a living witness of what I'm teaching you this evening. If you will learn to just say I'm sorry, simple words, and you mean it from your heart, you're not just playing games, you're not just trying to trick yourself or trying to trick God, because God is able to judge the motive of your heart. True repentance will always lead to revival. Notice what happened in Judah. Sevaniah preached. The king, Josiah, heard what he preached about. He was touched. He repented. And as a result, he made changes in his country. Revival took place. I don't know of any true revival anywhere in the world where it is not preceded by repentance. So the book shows you the nature of God, that God is a God of justice, but God is also a God of mercy. That is still true today. Maybe you've done some wrong that you regret. Maybe you've done some things that you think God would never love you again. Well, I've got some good news for you. While there are consequences for sins, while you may go to jail or you may suffer in some other ways, as consequence of what you've done, but God is merciful. If you will come back to him, he will receive you with open arms. How do I know that? He did that for me. 
Hallelujah. Many times, I, you know, I was talking to one of my colleagues. He's a professor from India. And I didn't know that he's been following my ministry. He and his wife, every Sunday, they would gather and just watch our church broadcast live stream. He came during the watch night service. And he, since then, he became glued to this ministry. And one day he and I were talking and shared with me. He said, you know, Dr. Dara, one thing I love about you, your messages, your sermon, is born not only from the word of God, but from your own personal experience. And he's correct. Many people don't know this. When I told you that you can repent, I've been there. When I told you that sin would destroy you if you don't change, I've been there. When I told you that God is a merciful God, he will receive you if you have a change of heart and you turn from your ways. I've been there. God is truly merciful. The book of Seven Eyes can be divided into three sections. Section number one, Sevaniah talks about judgment or justice that is coming upon Jerusalem and Judah. The second section of that book talks about justice and judgment that is coming upon nations around Israel. And then the third section of that book talks about the mercy of God, the restoration that will take place, how God will redeem his people back unto himself. That's the book in a nutshell. Well, let's look at each section one by one. When the, when the prophet talks about judgment or justice upon Jerusalem and upon Judah, he was trying to point out the fact that the institution in Israel has become very corrupt. The economic center, the, the buying and selling, lender and borrowing has become so messed up that the richer is getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. He was talking about the leaders of that, that country. They have become messed up. They have been engulfed in themselves instead of being engulfed in things of God. He talks about not only leaders, he talks about the priests. He talks about the prophets, the teachers. Sounds like the world we are living in right now. It's amazing. How many prophets you cannot trust? It is amazing and disturbing to see how many pastors you cannot rely on. It is very frustrating. Maybe, just, maybe I'm just overreacting to see so much injustice, so much corruption, so much mistreatment in our world today. That's what Savaniah was 
was dealing with when it talks about judgment is coming upon Israel. Judgment is coming upon Jerusalem. Well, I hate to be a bearer of bad news. I believe a lot of what we are dealing with right now in our country is a clear indication of the judgment of Almighty God. When people in government can no longer be trusted, when church leaders are saying things that God never told them, when the economy is creating more and more gap between the rich and the poor, when a lot of people are suffering, and yes, some people are amassing their wealth, when there's so much mistreatment and so much disrespect in our system, religious system, economic system, political system, when even our families have become so corrupted that families are no longer together, what do you expect? Of course, there's going to be judgment of Almighty God. So when we talk about the justice, the judgment, the nature of God, that he is a God of justice, he is not going to just allow wrong things to continue. At some point, God has to step in and say, enough is enough. This doesn't make sense. We have to stop this before things get out of hand. I believe we're dealing with some of that right now. That's exactly what Sevaniah was talking about concerning Jerusalem and Judah. Then, of course, he talks about nations around Israel. You know, all these nations, it's just like non-Christians, when they see a Christian in trouble, they like to laugh about it. They like to make fun. I thought you say you're born again Christian. I thought your blood washed. I thought you go to church every Sunday. Why? Why are you down? Why are you depressed? Why are you dealing with low self-esteem? Why is your, your children not doing well? Why is your marriage not doing They like to laugh at you. They like to make fun of you. But Sevenai is saying to them, judgment, although judgment be begins in the house of God, but those of you other nations who are doing wrong, these are nations who actually corrupted Israel. They're the one who bring idolatry to Israel. They're the one who bring all other gods to Israel. They're the one who change Israel's heart from worshiping God, Jehovah, to doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So Sevaniah took the time to declare that justice or judgment is coming upon the Philistines, upon the Amorites, the Moabites, the Jebusites, I mean, he just went on and on. Even Ethiopia, even Assyria, he listed several nations. And he said, no. you know how the Bible says, rejoice not against me, O my enemy. If you see me fall, I'll be back, I'll get up. 
But don't think just because I'm falling or just because I'm going through, that means you are all right. So Savannah came down hard on all those nations and let them know that the judgment of God is coming upon them also. Then the third section of that book is having to do with the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. It's having to do with restoration. That although we may be going through some judgment right now, there is hope that God has not forsaken us. God is not going to neglect us. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of compassion. And God's ultimate goal is always to redeem us back to himself. So the, the consuming fire that you, you read about in the book of Sevaniah, God is not sending those fire to destroy us, but to purify us. There's a difference between the two. God is not sending judgment so that he can wipe us out. We are actually the apple of his eyes. He really loves you and me. God loves you. If there's one thing you need to get straight in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit, is to know no matter what, God really loves you. And God cares for you. Even when you're by yourself, even when you feel lonely, even when you feel like nobody cares, even when you feel like nothing seems to be working out for you, get this one thing straight. God is crazy about you. Sevanai is trying to say to the people, although we may go through justice, although we may be feared by our enemy, although we may be defeated by our enemy, although we may end up in captivity, although we may have to pay for all the craziness of our actions and activities, but one thing is certain, the day will come when God will redeem his people back. I don't know about you, that is something to shout about. So he told the people of Jerusalem, the people of Judah, he said, you can, you can sing. You can sing for joy. You can shout because your God has not forsaken you. Your God has not forgot about you. God always look out for the remnant. Take note of that word. Who are the remnants? The small few that will have enough sense to repent. The handful people that we have enough sense to say, I am sorry. I messed up. I screw up. I'm going to get right back with God. What is the message? God wants to restore you. God wants to restore me. And I'm not talking about something to happen in the sweet by and by. Right now, 
as I'm talking with you. God wants to restore you. Not only does he want to restore you, he wants to restore your relationship. Yes, I said it. He wants to restore your marriage. God is very interested in your family. He wants to put back every broken pieces in our lives. Oh, I wish I can testify sometimes. How my own life seems to have fallen apart. Not sure where I'm going. I was just drifting. You ever seen a boat that's just drifting in the middle of the ocean? But guess what God did? He looked beyond my fault, saw my need, and restored me. My prayer for you today is that God will restore the joy of your salvation back to you. That God will restore your peace back to you. That you will be able to smile again. That on the day of your celebration, nobody will have to stand in for you. I pray that God will clothe you in your right mind. You know, the enemy is trying to attack your mind with dementia, with forgetfulness, all kinds of crazy stuff. I pray that God will restore your mind. The Lord permit me, by permission of the Holy Spirit, to decree and declare this year, 2021, shall be a year of restoration. I don't know about you. There are things that the enemy have stolen from me. That I'm trusting God for him to restore this year. How about you? Some of you, you need your health to be restored. Some of you, you need your mind to be restored. Some of you, you need your finances to be restored. There you are. You used to be able to go places you want to go and buy basic things that you need. Now, you're not able to do that. You find yourself almost having to beg and depend on government, unemployment. And there are some of you just, you're just living from payday to payday. No savings, no investment. You can't even help nobody because you, you're trying to survive yourself. Today I decree in the precious name of Jesus, the power of his restoration upon your life, upon your family, upon your marriage, upon the work of your hand, upon your health, upon your finances. In the name of Jesus Christ. Sevaniah said to the people, We may have gone through a lot. Yes, God is a God of justice, but God is also a God of mercy. He will restore. You know, there's a lot of things that's going on in our country today. Sometimes I turn on the television. And it depresses me. Just trying to keep it real. But one thing that keeps me going 
is knowing that God's nature is mercy. God's nature is restoration. I just know, like the songwriter say, I am so glad that trouble don't last always. I'm excited about what God's going to do for America. And not just America as a nation, but you. I'm excited about what God's going to do in your life. I'm excited about what God is going to do in my life. In fact, this year alone, I have witnessed so many miracles. I mean, if I have to just share with you, you will blow your mind. I've beaten death. I've watched my children bless. I've watched promotion in the house. I've watched all kinds of restoration already taking place. And it's only two months in the year. <laughs> I'm excited. And guess what? I'm excited for you also. Whatever it is that you're believing God for, remember what God said. If you and me would delight ourselves in the Lord, he is committed to give us the desires of our heart. You know what I'm trying to suggest to you? In order for you to be a participant, not a spectator, a participant of God's restoration, the kind of restoration that Sevanaya was prophesying for the people of Israel. Number one, you have to delight yourself in the Lord. Number two, you have to have some desire. You cannot just be going through the year empty. You have to be pregnant. Of, ah, hallelujah. <laughs> you, you have to conceive within you some things. What will God do for you if you have no desire, if you have no dream, no vision? There ought to be some things, some goals that you are trying to achieve this year. Cook that, that goal in your spirit. Conceive that goal. Become pregnant of that dream, whatever it is. And then delight yourself in the Lord. And he is committed to give you the desires of your heart. You know my biggest prayer for you and me? That I will see you at the top. That's where you belong. Thank you for listening today. I look forward to being with you again next week. God bless you.